0: I'd like to invite you to take your Bibles out and look at our apostolic prayer for today. And it's actually um, the very first prayer that we started with the first week. We're going to go back and review it again from Philippians chapter 1. So we're in the New Testament, in the little epistles that Paul wrote, Philippians chapter 1. Remember, this was a letter written while Paul was in prison, and it's a letter that's just overflowing with gratitude and thanks. And he starts by just being so grateful for the people that he's with, and then he offers up this little prayer right near the beginning. I'm looking at verse 9, Philippians 1, verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight... So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is God's word and it's true and we can rely on it. Okay, we had some stickers out there and I'm not sure if everybody got a chance to do that but at the beginning of each row or the edge of each row there's some stickers. If you had not had a chance to grab a sticker, do it. And I'd, I want to encourage you again today that um, if you've ever prayed about anything then you're a prayer you pray and we just want to acknowledge that and celebrate the fact that God has called us to this and while you're working on those stickers I actually want you to turn to your neighbor and have a, just a brief discussion also we're talking about love but at first I need a little definition so turn to your neighbor and see if you can define love and if someone's sitting by themselves try to include them in your little discussion time okay define love all right go Okay, sometimes when we throw out these discussion questions, it's so loud in here I can hardly hear anything. But now, I uh, thought this might be a tough one um, because I had trouble with it. Like, how do you actually define love? And I thought it might have helped if we could give some examples because we use love in lots of different ways. So I say things like, I love my wife, and I love my dog, and I love tacos, and I love the smell of cut grass. These are all kind of different kinds of loves, right? It just depends on that kind of setting so even if I gave you these you might come up with different definitions which, you know, we look back at the Greeks and they were kind of wise guys and they had the sense to break love into four different words if you ever studied their language and they had these different categories so there was kind of love for family so it was kind of a familial love friendship or kind of brotherly love uh, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love then there's romantic love uh, eros was the word for that and then there's this kind of divine love or kind of a deep, unconditional love. Agape is a love, that kind of love. So they had kind of four different spots in the dictionary for love so that you could kind of break it down into levels, some, depending on what you loved. But they also feared this emotion. I don't know if you realize that. I just found that out this week, actually. Both Plato and Socrates, who were two famous Greek guys, Described love as a serious mental illness. (laughs) Plato said, "Love is madness," and it was also the Greeks who came up with the coin or the phrase "lovesick," because they thought that love makes people do stupid things sometimes. Yes, so love can be kind of a difficult thing to do. So, what is love really? Webster's basic definition doesn't seem to do it justice. The first definition Webster gives is strong affection. Eh, That kind of leaves you a little cold, doesn't it? Maybe it would be helpful if we added some modifiers to it. So if we talked about like bold love or selfless love or unconditional love, sacrificial love, endless love, maybe we could write a song about that, boundless love, Now if we're talking about boundless love, we're actually bumping up against uh, kind of a biblical picture of love. A love that has no boundaries is very common. One of my favorite descriptions of love in the Bible is actually Psalm 103, verse 8. You know that verse? The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love which is this picture of a God whose love is so great it has no boundaries. It just continues to come. Nothing stops God's love from coming. The word in the Bible, abound, is used in a couple different ways, but it is used to talk about when you exceed the ability to measure it. Like you've got a fixed measure of something and then it goes beyond that. You can't measure it. Boundless. No boundaries. No boundaries. It's a love that overflows, a love that is furnished to someone in such a rich supply they can't hardly handle it all. Uh, Another way that these words are sometimes translated from Greek is superabunding, superabounding, superabundance, this kind of idea, that this word is such a rich word that it has this idea that it just comes and it never stops coming. The Bible talks about this in both the quality of the love and the quantity of the love. It comes in such overwhelming measure that you can't hardly process it. One of the great stories about love is in Luke chapter 15. You know that story, the story of the prodigal son, right? And the picture of this father when this prodigal son returns is that he hikes up his skirts and he runs out to greet this son who's come back and what he does when he greets that son is he breaks every rule that he's supposed to follow because his love is boundless He's not bound by the normal conventions of his society, his community, the expectations that would be placed on a father because the expectations would have been boot the kid out. He's no good. He's worthless. Instead, he gets the robe, he gets the ring, he gets the fatted calf, he gets the party to celebrate the son who was dead is alive again. And the father doesn't know how to celebrate this because his love is so abounding. It has no limits. There's no boundaries to it. In fact, even when the prodigal son was coming to his senses, the thing that he remembers is this. He remembers the servants. Remember what he said when he came to his senses? I'll just go back and be a servant because the servants in my father's house have enough to eat and to spare. And that word is the same word, boundless or abundance. They have so much, they have enough, and they have more than enough. I should go back and be a servant because my father's love is so great, he even takes good care of his servants. He gives them more than they need. This is what it means to abound. It is enough and more than enough. And the Bible does something interesting when it talks about abounding love. It never really offers a definition, but it describes it in different ways. It gives us lots of different examples. So when the father saw the prodigal son, he ran to him and hugged him and he gave him his ring and the the calf and the party and everything. And you look at that and you have no doubt what is the father's attitude about his son. He loves him. There's no doubt. You see his actions and it demonstrates it clearly. We know love when we see it. And I was trying to think of some ways for us to see love today. And I came across this little video a while back which is a short little clip it's actually a commercial for something but i want you to watch part of this clip and when you watch this i want you to see if you can see what abounding love looks like so go ahead and show this little clip Did the brother love his sister? Abounding love? Yeah, we know abounding love when we see it. Love, I don't think can be defined. At least it's not easy to define it. But the Bible constantly talks about what love looks like and gives us these kind of demonstrations of love. And the Bible actually says God demonstrated his love in one very particular way. God demonstrated his love in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Does God love us? An abounding love? Because he was willing to give that superabundance, enough and more than enough love to cover our sins, to offer us forgiveness. This is what love does. It transforms what is ugly into something that is beautiful love brings hope to somebody who's hopeless love overcomes trials and troubles and pain and love overcomes sin love is patient love is kind love does not envy it does not boast it is not proud Love does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Love never fails. We know love when we see it, don't we? And we know super abounding love or an abundant love, a love that abounds more and more. What if our world was abounding in love? What would that look like? One of the things I do when I'm on vacation is I try to unplug from the news. And so I think the first day I plugged back in was this past Tuesday, and I'm looking at the newspaper, and the front line headline on Tuesday was something about a shooting and a stabbing. Does this world need love? Uh, an abounding love, the terrible thing is, when I read this kind of stuff in the news or see the newscasts about the latest attack or terrorist thing or kids being shot or whatever i 'm not even surprised anymore, because I think this is the world we live in, right? We live in a world that 's just broken and messy and violent. What does that world need? An abounding love. And so I got to thinking about what we could do to pray, uh, to do about that, and I thought, well, we could pray because I'm in a room full of people who are prayers. Wouldn't it be great if we could pray for abounding love to come? And so I want to kind of make the last half of this sermon a prayer. And I was a little nervous because I thought if I prayed for 10 minutes and you all close your eyes, I might lose you. So I'm going to say you don't have to close your eyes for this prayer. And we're going to do a little um, response. So when I say we pray that love may abound more and more, you're going to all respond by saying, Lord, hear our prayer. Okay? So let's practice that just to make sure we all understand. We pray that love may abound more and more. Lord, hear our prayer. Now I might add a little modifier right before that to talk about specific categories of things, but when you hear me say, we pray that love may abound more and more, then you respond... In the first place, it seems to me that love needs to abound is in us, in our own hearts. We know, if we're honest, that we do not love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we know that we do not love our neighbors as much as we love ourselves. In our own lives, we pray for love to abound more and more. We are selfish, impatient, easily angered. We keep score. We would like to abound in good deeds and in kindness. We'd like to abound in joy and patience and gentleness and self-control, but we do not. We want to be a people that trust and hope and persevere and honor others. We want to be colorblind. We want to be justice-seeking people. We do not want to discriminate against others. We want to protect the weak we want to care for the vulnerable we want to visit the sick we want to heal those who are hurting we want to be pure we want to abound in goodness and gentleness we don't want to hate we pray that when people look at us the first thought would be about how they love how they love each other and how we love the world In our own lives, we pray for love to abound more and more. Families need love. My family needs love. Your family needs love. And not just a little bit. Families need a superabundance of love, they need a boundless love, a love with no boundaries. Because families can be messy. Our family members see us when we're at our worst. And so we need a love that's enough and more than enough. In our families, we pray for love to abound more and more. Husbands and wives need a superabundance of love. We make a commitment when we get married to love and cherish for better, for worse, and sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer. And that commitment cannot be lived out unless there's an abundance of love, an abounding superabundance of love. Where there is a strain in a marriage, a brokenness, a need for reconciliation, where husbands and wives take each other for granted, where they become bored with each other or just go through the motions, love needs to abound in those families. We need to pray for abounding love for parents Because parents can be tired, angry, frustrated. Sometimes the relationship that parents have with their children is strained and difficult, and love needs to abound. Love needs to abound between siblings, brothers and sisters, who pick on each other, who fight over every little thing who become family members who sometimes don't talk to each other for years. Love needs to abound in families where there's bitterness or indifference or hatred in a family. Where love has grown cold and relationships have grown distant. We pray that love will super abound until there is enough love and more than enough love. In our families, we pray for love to abound more and more. We pay for love to abound in our neighborhoods and throughout our city. We just finished this, what I thought was a great series about loving Cedar Rapids, and the reason we did that was because we looked at our city and we said, that our city needs to be loved. Our neighborhoods need to be loved. When the mayor came and talked about the growth in violence in our city, my first thought was, this city needs to have love abounding. Love and more than enough love. In our city, we pray for love to abound more and more. And that's not just the violent who need love. It's also the lonely, the neglected, our neighbors who live in isolation. They feel as though they're forgotten. They long for someone to check on them, to ask how they're doing, to love them. May our love come to those who are all alone. Some in our community are abused. They need love. Some in our community are frightened and they need love. Some in our community are prejudiced and they need love. And some in our community are discriminated against and they need love. Some in our community are greedy. Some are mean. Some are bullies and some are bullied. Some are impoverished, some are marginalized, some are powerful, some are wealthy. Some are grieving, some are rejoicing. Some are givers and some are takers. Some are sick and some are imprisoned. Some are widowed and some are fatherless. Everyone in our community needs love. And not just a little bit of love. Love that will overflow in abundance. I can't think of a single situation in which an abundance of love would not make a difference. So we pray for love to overflow in our community. In our community, we pray for love to abound more and more. Of course, all these things that we pray for our community, we could also pray for our nation and for the world. The world needs love. In the world, we pray for love to abound more and more. When we look at the world, I see some realities racial discrimination, human trafficking, abuse of power, terrorist attacks, corruption and bribery, child labor, torture, wars and rumors of war, genocide and ethnic cleansing. And that's just the top 10. Each of these realities can be solved with the same solution and abounding love. A love that is enough and more than enough. Super abundant love. In the world we pray for love to abound more and more. We got an interesting um, letter from our missionaries a while back from Jeremy and Susan Bebout who are in Niger, Africa. And if you follow the news, you had heard about Muslim uprisings in that community in which they burned churches and attacked Christians. And we have a missionary in that city. And we were concerned about what happened to them throughout this uprising. And after we finally got word from them, we heard that because of their medical mission, because of the way they love their neighbors, they were not attacked In fact, the Muslims in that community said, do not attack these people. And the reason they were not attacked was because their love for the community abounded more and more. I don't know what love looks like for you or in your situation, but I can't imagine that a single one of us couldn't stand a little more love, a love that's super abundant, a love that is more than enough. So in each of our situations, we pray for love to abound more and more. Amen.